Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. I have a special guest, Robin Churkin. She is one of my amazing Hair Color Secrets Insider Next Level members. We were just chatting right before we started recording and reminiscing about how we got to know each other. And this is our third year together um, as you know, mentor and mentee. Not that she needs mentoring at this point. She is super well, you'd be surprised. successful, okay. but um, <laughs> I wanted her to share her journey with, um, you know, being an insider, being a colorist behind the chair. Um, she so gracious, graciously agreed to chat with me live. Um, it's always a little unsettling for people being interviewed and being told they're going to be live in many groups as well as on a podcast. So Robin, I thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and being my guest. Welcome. Thank you. So as we say in the salon, I've got my hair done and my lips on. So (laughs) (laughs) isn't the truth? So true. The lipstick does it. I've I've contemplated the permanent lipstick, but I'm terrified of not liking the color and then being stuck with it for many years. So not going there yet. But it is true how you feel when you have your lips on. Always. Yeah. Totally pulled together. And I love your your natural curls. I always tell you that. They're awesome. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. So you work in a very large salon, which today is super unusual with all of the suites and the many smaller salons. You're still in a really big salon. So, and you've been there a long time. So that says something about you as far as your loyalty, tenacity, perseverance, and passion. But how did you manage to have yourself stand out in such a large salon and be so successful for so many years? So it's a, it's a very long winded answer to this, to that question, but I'm going to do my, I'm going to try to cut it as short as I can. Um, I, first of all, I learned very early on that there's things that I I'm good at and things I'm not, not, not so good at. So I decided to um, specialize. First of all, let me just start from the beginning a little bit. So I, when I was a youngster, I'm 50, I'm 61 years old. So I've been in the industry for 42 years. So when I became um, a hair hairdresser um, in my early 20s, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Okay. Like, to be honest with you, I flew by the seat of my pants. I was cutting and I, I, had, I had a very good mentor early on. But, but, but color was something, haircutting was good. I were, I actually went as a Jew for, um, just getting out of hairdressing school to assisting someone and doing all of his perms and all of his highlights and all of his retouches. And it was just like, what, you know, I'm, what, what, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I got lucky. I, I know I got lucky. I worked for a great salon and then I moved around a little bit, but it became very apparent to me that as I was moving moving forward in this industry that I had to train myself. It was frustrating because I actually learned in the beginning by default. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of mistakes. And, you know, they always say you learn more by your mistakes. Well, you know, it's true, but I don't recommend that. Okay. Cause that's not <clears throat> that anxiety producing situation is not a good idea. So I started training myself 
And I started learning more and more and more. And I just started, but, but again, still making the same mistakes by learning by mistakes. Good thing that I have the eye for hues. I have a very good eye for the, for the, for the, the gradation of color. And I, I know that about myself. Um, I can't, I can't talk about alkalinity and acidity and, and all, all the other stuff. You're not, I'm not going there. Okay. But I learned by what I wanted to do by hue and I love color. I love color in any shape form. I love it in the sky, in the trees, in the grass, in the beach. I love color. And whenever I see color, it's kind of imprinted in my brain and I'm very grateful for that. So I went along all these years and then I started working. I started working for, for the salon called David Witchell, which um, actually I was getting divorced and I was, I was in the industry for a long time. I took a three year break and went to horticulture school for landscape. Oh, design. that's where your beautiful gardening comes from. So I was really passionate about learning something different and my husband lost his job and I had to go work for David Witchell. I didn't have to go work for David Witchell, but David Witchell just opened up in the area and I would be like, like, a, like a, like a newsy body and go walk through the salon when it was just being built. The builder would let me in. So I would walk through it. Anyway, I was drawn to it. Two years later, I was getting divorced and I went to David for, to, um, work there. And I had to be, I had to go back in time. I had to be a shampoo girl for seven months. I had to rebuild myself. Okay. And then I was trained. I was trained lightly by a wonderful colorist named um, Andrea Kane. We had a lot of color classes there and she taught me a lot. And moving forward, I became, um, it's not that I wasn't growing, but I, I felt stagnant growing. I felt like I learned a lot. I was doing good. I was doing okay and doing good, but I can't, I, then I met you in Philadelphia. We were, I was at the Philadelphia hair show for the first, for the first year that the Philadelphia hair show was ever, ever being, um, being done at the convention center. And I went and I took your class and you, I, you were there with Bryn. Bryn had long hair at that time. <laughs> and I approached you and I said, how does somebody of my caliber learn more? Because I was so frustrated going to like, like Redkin classes and these expensive classes. And I would make the time, take out my, my personal time to go. And I'd be like, eh, eh, I learned one thing. And I'm, a, and I'm a learner. I want to learn. I, I don't, I read, like, I don't even read fiction. I read like, I do Brene Brown. I do like a lot of self, self-help books. I love that kind of stuff. I'm always searching to learn. And that's part of my growth. And um, so you and I met and uh, we we really only talked briefly, but you, you mentioned your coffee chat. And so I started following you on the coffee chat. And then I said, why not? I got something to learn from this. And um, I always feel like you can always learn something from from something like. But I was frustrated with what you had said was going to these expensive classes and only, only like gleaming one or two things, but it was like a lot of money, you know? And so that really attracted me to you. And that's, so I started listening to Coffee Chat and then I joined your program and have gone through your program and have enjoyed it. And, and even now when I listen to the podcast of you with all these, these artists, um, it's amazing. I get to, I get to meet these people even though they're, I don't meet them, but I, I meet them, you know, and, 
I, Ian McCabe, 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 like I love talking to him or not talking, but listening to you talk to him. And you have a way of bringing things out in people and it's a natural conversation. It's like chit-chatting over lunch. So it's, so that's how I became, I'm starting and, and even now I'm becoming a really good colorist. Um, so getting back to the David Witchell thing, I, I have learned over the time how to build my brand, build my business in my boss's business. Mm. I have two employers, David and Galena Witchell. I work at a salon with over 100 people on staff. We have a huge hair floor, color department. We don't really, we don't really isolate. Like there's not just colorists and there's not just hair cutters. Although there are a few that do that, but most of us do everything. Um, I don't do, I don't do balayage. I'll admit it. I don't do um, updos. I don't do proms. I don't do. <laughs> I don't, don't do <laughs> any of that stuff. But I do have. Um, I have what I would call a boring ass book that I have made a lot of money being a boring ass hairdresser. And I've done that because of um, my personality. And I um, have decided to build my brand in the David Witchell brand. And um, a lot of that's funny that the, the, the week that I met, the weekend that I met you at the Philadelphia hair show prior to that week, there was a woman who started at our salon and she's gorgeous, like, like ridiculously gorgeous. She's like six feet tall. She's covered in tattoos. All right. She was like, at that time I was like 55 and she was like 40. And like, I'm like, what the hell? Now what the frick am I gonna do? You know, <laughs> like, I, I've gone from, I've gone from buying as I was a youngster. By the way, I was the same, the same black pants in a size four, and then I went to a six, and then I went to an eight, and then I went to a ten, and then I was like, oh, I have to start buying twelves now. <laughs> no judgment on sizing. I'm just saying. Well, that. you, you don't even go there because you are my hero. <laughs> that body of yours, and when you told me your age. I thought you were lying up. Like a lot of people lie down with their age. I thought you were lying up. I'm like, there's no way you are in your 60s. It's just not true. So you you need to give yourself credit for how hard you work. I saw your little certificate of how many times you showed up for Pilates, Pilates Reformer. Yes. I can't even get my butt on there one time versus 250 times or whatever. Now I'm 500 now. Oh, wow. That's amazing. But, but that's when you say boring ass book, I want to um, elaborate on that. When you say boring ass to you, you feel like it's boring because your clients are so loyal to you that you're seeing the same faces over and over again. But that is a testament to your talent, your passion, and your care for them. And that's something yes. that is not a negative at all. I know it can get redundant. I, I used to say, oh my gosh, I'm on the hamster wheel. I can't. It's like every day is the same. Walk up, greet the client, ask how their family is, put the color protecting hairline cream around their forehead, mix the color, <laughs> put the color on. But that's what I love. I've watched you grow in these last few years in the membership to taking that boring ass book and saying, why should a brunette be all one color? I want to put dimension in there. Why does a red have to be all one color? I can put dimension in there. So instead of just thinking blondes are the only ones that have dimension, you've taken what you've learned in there and you've made 
the boring back into interesting for yourself and maintain your six figure status. Like if Mm -hmm. you, if we asked, there's 32 people on here live. If we asked every single one of them, you know, raise your hand if you're earning six figures, maybe a handful would. Um, It's that elusive number that we all strive for. And I'm happy that you're sharing that your boring ass book earns you six figures. You know, people think they have to do the balayage and they have to do the rainbow hair and all of the, you know, uh, elaborate things to get to that level. If you just stay, you know, consistent and show up and be on time and, you know, be of service to that client and make the, it's all about how the client feels when they leave. Half the time, they don't even know what their hair looks like when they leave, but they're leaving smiling, having been with you for that time period. Yes. And that's kind of what I do. So what I decided to do was I put myself into a uniform at work. I bought uniforms for myself. And the reason that I did that is because that that's my brand now. I wear a uniform and cowboy boots to work every day. I change it all up, but I wear a uniform. That way I can do my Pilates at 630 in the morning, come home, throw myself in the shower and get to work on time. All right. That's my, now that's people, I'm a technician. I don't, I don't need to put time into accessories. I don't want accessories. I'm, I'm there on time, looking at my book, looking at my clients, my roster of coming in and, 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 um, and seeing what I have to do in the course of the day. And I stay on time. So Mm, what my clients, I want to highlight that stop there, staying on time, being in a uniform, the new, the new generation is so fighting against that. I don't want to be told what to wear. I don't want to be told what time to be there. I don't want to be told that it's all about the independence, but in the end, you're only hurting yourself because we we're like a, a backdrop. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. when we, when we get all into like having to be cool and having to wear the accessories and all that, yes, our clients look at us for fashion. They want to see us look cool, but I know what you look like in your uniform. And I know you're very professional looking and put together. It's not about the extra accessories you're taking the extra time that you would have been obsessing over those accessories by offering the client a beverage, by offering them a change in their hair, something that's about them. You're right. making it about them mm-hmm. and yes. honoring their time, which is huge. That's like the number one reason that clients leave is because they're sick of waiting. They're sick of you running behind. So yes. that's why you're still successful. And I, I book on the half hour a lot of times with retouches because I do. The majority of my book is retouch haircut, retouch haircut. So I'll do a, I'll do a retouch of an hour haircut in between. I book like that. And then, but there's sometimes I do. I'll do a retouch, three retouches, and then I'll get that retouch back. So okay, for the I'm exhausted haircut. just hearing that. <laughs> yes, I know. But I work for I work. Um, I'm very, very blessed working in the salon that I work in, and I could not be as successful in my salon if I didn't have the support that I have from my salon. I don't. I don't want to work alone. I don't even know how to work alone. I have. I have people making my appointments. I have people shampooing out my color. I, although I'll jump in if I have to. Um, I have a lot of support and, and that's what makes me successful. And I wouldn't be myself and I would be lying if I said that I I don't need that. I need that tremendously. And I count on that. And these girls are great. Um, and it's been a long time. I've been there for 24 years. So I've really learned how to, how to work, work my, my numbers. Um, my average hair color ticket 
as a retouch is $125 now awesome. for, for a retouch and a refresh. And my haircuts are 110 That's awesome. So, so if I, that's a pretty, pretty good ticket when, when I leave, but, but my clients are, my clients are used to a certain level of um, professionalism from me and I, I'm not allowed to have bad days. You know, I'm like there on time. My hair's done. My lipstick's on. My makeup's done. I'm on time. Um, I'm ready. I'm got an idea. I work really fast. I'm a very productive, fast working person. So I've learned to incorporate some things into my into my daily practice that have kept my clients coming to me, which I think is something that that people have to do. And you have to because nowadays people are jumping ship left and right. Absolutely. And it's very frustrating when they jump ship left and right. And then they um, so what I do, I have a couple things that I do. I keep the retouch against all odds. I keep the retouch the same because sometimes it can take me three or four times to cover a person's gray and get it perfect. And once I do that, I'm not changing it. OK, I'm not I'm not if I have to, of course, I do if they get more gray or they want to they want to go darker, light or whatever. Of course, that's always something. But so I change, but I change it seasonally. I change it. So the spring's coming. Let's do some highlights. Let's break this up. Uh, winter's coming. We need to put in some low lights. Um, you just got off the beach. You know, we need to do I do a lot of vibrational glazes. So what that means is that I try to utilize the client's hair color coming in the most I can after, like after the summer, I keep their sun, their sun weathered hair and I use it as highlights. And then slowly during the winter time, we deepen them down and deepen them down and deepen them down until it's spring again. Um, I have this technique that I do that is very popular with my clients. I, it, I highlight them first. I have, to, I have to book this myself because the salon doesn't know how to book it because they're used to booking me a certain way. Right. I sit in my chair for, for 30 minutes and I'm very quick. So I do, I do a full foil in 30 minutes with 30 volume lightener, very fast. And I throw them underneath the rollerball. I watch it. I watch it. And I only bring them up like one and a half to two levels, no more than that. And then I shampoo them off. And then they come back into my chair and then I do their retouch and a vibrational refresh on the ends. So they get that, they get that, um, that color, that color dimension and it's super easy. And I, I don't like putting bleach on my brunettes. I do a lot of brunettes. Mm -hmm. I don't like putting bleach on my brunettes and having them sit the full pro processing time. Our salon books highlights and retouches together. Okay. So the average processing time is 35 minutes. I don't want that bleach on my brunette for 35 minutes. Okay. And so I, I, I do a technique where I just watch it, just watch it budge. And then I take it off. They come back to me. My assistant shakes them dry. And then I do their retouch refresh. But of course that comes with a consultation. So, um, and then we talk about that. And it's interesting how some, a lot of brunettes are like, I don't think I want all those highlights in my hair. You know, <laughs> I'm like, no, you want them. Trust me. And then once they have them, they don't want to live without them. They don't want to live without them. I always call it sparkle lights. I'm like, don't you yeah. want a little sparkle? Who doesn't want a little sparkle? Mm -hmm. And then right. once they get the sparkle, they're hooked. Right. Um, you know, the trend now, like we talked about balayage earlier. And the reason that the 
bullshit balayage technique is in the membership is, you know, when, when you've been doing highlights for 30 years or 20 some years, and you're so used to foiling, when you go to balayage, you want to start the paint right up at the root because we were eighties hairdressers that people wanted it to come out of their skull. Right. Like if it was even a centimeter off, they would make you touch it up and redo it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So these clients, they're the younger balayage clients are wonderful and they're gorgeous and they look great on our Instagram, but they only have to come in twice a year. So the newer stylists, you know, they're getting higher prices for the balayage services, but to be a busy, productive stylist, you have to have triple the amount of clients. Like when you talked about your boring book, I'm sure your boring book is like 150 people. You only need about 150 people to be book solid and have six figures. But if you're doing people that only come twice a year, now you have to have 300 people. Right. So you're constantly chasing that new guest, new guest. I see it all over um, Facebook forums. You know, how can I get more clients? And I say, love on the ones you already have and offer yes. them more instead of rushing through them to get to the next one. So it's just a different approach. But I love that you're still you're still passionate. You're still doing things. You're still looking for ways to make your clients hair interesting and do things differently. And you're you're taking care of your brunettes and making them feel special because they were kind of the forgotten um, category. You know, the brunettes were kind of like, okay, slap it on, set the timer, you know, make sure you get the stain off their face and send them on their way. But the brunettes are having their turn this season. And I love that. There's a lot of really cool looks um, with brunettes right now and warmth is coming in like oh yeah butterscotch and bronze and all of those warm tones. I'm like, thank God. I I'm know, so right? tired mm -hmm. of seeing all of the really super ashy because not everyone's skin tone is a good fit for the super cool and ashy. Um, I, I blame the Kardashians. I always blame the Kardashians for everything. <laughs> every, well, uh, every, it, trend that annoys us comes from them. Like when Kim is Greek and goes blonde, what are we to do about that? We're going to have all these people with, you know, level two color that they've been doing for 20 years, wanting us to make them platinum blonde. And I say, let's send them to her hot hairdresser that did hers yeah. and make him deal with it. The size of her ponytail was like this. You yeah. know? <laughs> she had no exactly. hair left. She had no exactly. Left. She has access to a lot of hair pieces for sure. And I love brunettes. I think, I think um, the glow that you get from a brunette that you really work it. Like I use a lot of kickers. We talked about that in a previous. I time. was just going to say, you just made that pop into my head. That yellow kicker on a brunette I use a is the secret lot sauce. of kickers. I use yeah. the orange kickers a lot. I use the red kick, the yellow kickers, not so much the red, red ones, but, um, but I use orange and yellow and, um, I don't, I love brunettes, but I don't like inky brunettes. Yes, I agree. So my applications are always spot on to try and get great, great coverage at a lighter level. If the clients don't want, if they want to go darker, I go kicking and screaming sometimes because I don't want them dark. I want them to be a beautiful brunette with glow, the glow yes. from inside. And that's what I think a beautiful brunette is. And um, and don't you think that women have the Annette Funicello factor? Now, younger people listening are going to go, who the hell is Annette Funicello? But they see themselves as their 25-year-old self with their rich, deep, Kardashian yes. dark hair and their skin tone lended itself to it at that age. But as we age, our skin color changes along with a lot of other things. And it just becomes really harsh. 
but they sometimes can't see themselves any other way. And they insist on this like shoe polish, black, inky, just wig-like looking color. And I'm just like, oh, so that's where, you know, we're, we talk about the kickers, you know, in yellow is always going to give that glow. We're always so anti-yellow, anti-gold and everything else. But on a brunette, adding that layer of yellow is such a reflective tone. And because it's a kicker, it's a pure, more pure pigment. It's just like a kiss of just spectacular shine and shimmer. So if anybody's listening and hasn't tried that, that was a, yes. a great thing that Robin brought up. That's just one of many things that we're going to talk about in boot camp. So you and I started at the premiere Philadelphia show. A lot of people find me through my boot camps and tomorrow starts yet another boot camp. Um, I always try to switch up the topic. This topic I've done before, but it's been a while and it's all about corrective color because I know that most stylists have mastered basic formulation, they foil like a champ, they can do, you know, all of the things, but when a really complicated corrective situation lands in their chair, the bead of sweat starts at the base of the neck and runs down to the butt crack right away. Like, no, oh, it does. yeah. especially for you booking on the 30 minutes. Are you kidding me when you have a correction? So that's, that's the focus of, um, this, and that's you know, great. semi-annual boot camp because there's like little things that we can have in our arsenal back on the back bar. I was talking to one of our other members, Johnny, yesterday, and we were talking about the oh shit face that we make when something's going wrong and we're at the sink and we do the big eyed oh crap and we're praying that the client doesn't open their eyes at that moment. You have those clients that look at you while you're shampooing them. And they're like, know. No, please, please close your eyes. I need to have my oh shit face right now. Um, so we have tools now that we can have on our back bar that I'm going to share in boot camp, where it's literally two minutes to fab and the client never has to know that there was a faux pas happening because we have to put our game face on and be like, oh, your hair is a little dry. I'm going to put an extra intense protein pack on your hair. And really you're like scrubbing it with, you know, color <laughs> remover really quickly and, and sweating and doing all the things, but you know because you've learned, you know, how to use these tools, how easy it is to correct, you know, knowing your color wheel, knowing what cancels what, using pure pigments, like we were talking about with the kicker, like those little tips go a long way. So I am so happy that you're still open to learning and you still show up for all of the coaching calls, even though you have all of this experience and you're making all of this great income behind the chair, you're smart enough to know that it never stops. Like I keep going to classes all the time. I'm constantly it never stops. It should never, it stop. never stops. It yeah. should never stop. Because your yeah, clients are always different. Like your the clients evolve, you know. I mean, some people move away, you get new ones. You're always having a new it's like an algebra equation. You always have new people coming in. And they're and they're these new clients are too informed thanks to social media yeah. and YouTube they are asking way too many questions and, and needing to know way too much information. And we have to take our power back as the professional and put our hands on their shoulders gently and say, I've got you. You can relax, mm -hmm. read, read a book, read a magazine, go on your phone. I've got this. I will not let you leave here today. Not loving your hair. Like I just keep, you know, telling them no matter what you ask me about how I'm doing it, you're not going to understand it. So let's not have this conversation Let's trust in the process. And I promise you that you'll love it. And then the, the shoulders relax and they stop being so uptight. 
but they're they're learning a little too much to just enough to be dangerous and yes, annoying yes but at the same time you know when i at the same on the same vein of that when i'm doing something to somebody that's that's like a very quick vibrational glaze i tell them what i'm doing because i want them to know that i'm doing something that no one else is going to give them and right so, but you're not saying i'm using a oh no um, no acidic no. liquid um, oh, no. <laughs> demi demi permanent like they want to get into all of that like you know does that have sodium lauryl sulfate in it does that have sulfates does that have and i'm like when did this happen like you know they never my clients never ask me they know better i'm just be like do i ask you about how you do your job turn around stop asking <laughs> questions you know i get a little bossy and they're like oh okay i took my mirror down in the color room because we had the these people Oh, yeah, the whole yeah, time that you're trying to foil. And I would just stop and say, I'm sorry, what, what's happening here? What, what are you looking at? Well, I'm looking to see, you know, what you're doing. And I say, well, is that going to change how I'm doing it? Like, are you going to tell me to change it? Or are you just going to worry the whole time? Because I'm not going to change what I'm doing because you're watching. So enjoy your visit and stop watching. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. And we just took the mirror out. It was like, you know, preschool. I'm like, if That's I can't, a good idea. if they can't help themselves, I got to help them and get the mirror the hell out of here. Because, you know, in a correction, how scary the the mid part of a corrective oh, yeah, service yeah. It's is. It's pretty scary. Yeah. It's, it's bad. You know, really scary. And, and they, you know, speaking of the Kim Kardashian going blonde, when someone your color wants to go my color, the in-between looks like we messed up. So to the client, they're in total panic. They're completely hijacked. Like, oh my God, look what she did to my hair. It's orange or canary yellow or whatever it is that it has to go through. Where you and I know that's part of the process. So I was like, they don't need to see this. They go from the sink back to the chair. They never see that stage. By the time they see their hair, it looks perfect. Everybody's happy, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. So it's yeah. all the little things. Well, Robin, you're amazing. Thank you for joining me and sharing all of your success with people watching. I know by looking at the comments right now that you've inspired a lot of people to step outside their box and do something different and that it's never too late to change it up and keep, keep the boring book exciting and just keep them coming back and excited about the loyalty factor mm -hmm. and that they chose you. You know, they have all the choices in the world and they still chose you. So yes. you're amazing. Thank Thanks, you, Elaine. Thanks for having me. All Thanks right. Thanks for doing Good luck it. Good luck at your boot camp. Thank right. you. I'll see everybody tomorrow in boot camp. Thanks for watching. All right. Bye, Elaine. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.